I'm Simon King, and this is What's Wrong. We are closing in on the Christmas holiday season. Well, Christmas holiday season, I guess, is here. Although it feels a little weird this year because uh, <clears throat> I don't know where you are. I don't know if you're dealing with a lockdown situation. Um, I mean, I guess lockdown is, uh, as was pointed out by my lovely lady friend, lockdown is not accurate. Lockdown is when you can't go anywhere, do anything, it's all shut down, anything. We're not really locked down here. Um, there's just a lot of restrictions. We're not allowed to see anyone who's not in our, you know, general, uh, uh, family circle. We are more than encouraged to go to malls full of people or go to restaurants where nobody wears face masks, etc. Um, <clears throat> strangers, but, you know, I guess... We can't be trusted in our own homes, which is probably accurate for a lot of people, um, because clearly this isn't seeming to work. I'm a big fan of the old idea of uh, shutting everything down, just shutting it all down. Like, nobody goes anywhere, nobody does anything for, like, three weeks. Pay everyone's bills, take care of it. God knows we're a wealthy country, we can afford it. Um, Everything other than essential services, shut down, locked down, nobody goes anywhere, nobody does shit for three weeks until we get this thing down uh into the double digits for case numbers and i think it's reasonable and i think it's possible and i think it's just you know or we continue to drag this out hoping for the magic bullet vaccine which you know even if even if we were able to get all the doses we needed right away it would still be months before it's fully effective and before you know life goes back to quote-unquote normal um and i like how everyone's acting like life's not going to go back to normal after this um People forget how short human beings' memories are. Like, our memory is not... not, Like, there may be some changes, like how you have to take your shoes off at an airport now because of 9-11. That that might happen. That kind of thing might happen. We might be a little more aware of... uh, Maybe we should be washing our fucking hands more. And uh, I think hand sanitizer is going to still enjoy uh, the business boom that it's been having. But I think that we overestimate uh, people's ability to remember things and and you know react or change their lives accordingly i don't i don't honestly see it um you know six six years from now seven years from now i don't don't think because i was thinking about this the other day i don't remember the 2009 h1n1 um pandemic and i know it wasn't as deadly as this but it did affect um my age group much more uh severely then again social media wasn't as much of a thing at the time and i am getting around to my topic today uh i'm just slowly kind of winding my way there i just wanted to talk a little bit about the pandemic i don't really want to discuss it i think you know we will know many years hence we will understand truly what what has gone on here and what is going on here uh i don't think it's something we're going to really be able to until the dust settles i don't think it's something we're really going to be able to kind of get our heads around um because if you look at it right now uh, there's just too much white noise, too much happening, too much, uh, you know, once the economic fallout has been dealt with, then you can focus on the data more. But right now, emotions are very high. There's a lot going on that's making it difficult to get a good read about, you know, on, on the situation and, and, and the realities of the situation. And I'm not talking about the raw data of, um, you know, deaths and hospitalizations and da, da, da. I'm talking about the long term data of like everything. Um, you know, how many, how much did suicides go up? How much did, uh, spousal abuse go up? How much did alcoholism increase? Um, how much, uh, how many of the deaths were actually COVID and were not just ancillary for COVID? How many, you know, um, 
what was the economic impact? What was the job loss? What was the, you know, th- these are things that we really aren't going to fully understand, I don't think, until, um, you know, uh, quite a bit further down the line. And I think by the time the scientists and the, the economists and the statisticians and everyone has finished sifting through all that data, uh, people will be back to licking bus seats. It's just what humans do. I mean, I might be wrong. I hope I'm wrong because this thing is nothing compared to there's stiff like Eastern equine encephalitis and there's, you know, stuff like, you know, um, and that, I mean, tuberculosis is becoming drug resistant. And, you know, there's a bunch of shit that that will much more easily kill us than um, than COVID. Uh, COVID is just a COVID is a it's a soft pitch over the plate. And uh, so far we have not hit we have not hit it out of the park. Uh, I think at best we're hoping for a walk off to first. Is that is that a thing? Walk off or a walk? To first? I don't know much about baseball. My sports analogy fell apart, guys. But the point I'm making is uh, the idea that we will somehow not return to quote unquote whatever normal is because uh, because we will all remember the terrible plague of 2020. I I honestly, I mean, like I said, I hope I'm wrong, but I honestly think we're overestimating uh, humans' ability to to change their behavior. I mean, God, we haven't even, you know, I mean, there's something, the much more terrifying prospect of the environment becoming uninhabitable for humans or the majority of humans within the next hundred years hasn't even caused us to, to change much, uh, really. Like, we're not, you know. The, I think the the real lesson we're learning from this is that, uh, that the late-stage capitalism we're currently enjoying uh, is partially guilty for a lot of the problems we're having and uh and will continue to be an issue until we learn to do something to survive without it to change the way we live i've talked about this before on the podcast we need to modify our very basic instincts to become something more evolved um so that we don't live this weird sort of power hungry struggle life that leaves a lot of people feeling helpless and that's what i want to talk about today helplessness um there is a uh, a lot, you know. A, there's a lot of noise where people are wondering. You know, you'll hear people say, "Well, why? Why are there so many conspiracy theorists, and why are people joining cults, and what's this all about? I don't understand why everyone's suddenly gone crazy." They haven't. They haven't. They haven't. This is not new. Um, it, it's exacerbated by numerous things. One, population. Obviously, there's just a lot more people, so there's a lot more people to go bonkers. Um, social media has, uh, you know. It is a uh, it is a uh, a very poisonous snake, you know. Um, it, it's a, it's a very difficult thing, social media, because the majority of us, and I include myself in that, are not really capable of of I think uh, understanding the ramifications of what it, what it all means and and dealing with the power that we have now as people who you know are on social media. The, the connection you have to people is phenomenal. There's a feeling of helplessness and there's a feeling of disconnection. And I think that there's a couple of reasons for this. One, I think we live in a very dangerous comparative society where we will look at each other and judge ourselves by what others have. Uh, You know, others' wealth, others' you know, goods, others... I think we... Now, in the old days, it was a little different because... There was still competitiveness, of course there was, but it, it, you weren't bombarded by your failings or your perceived failings in the old days. In the old days, it was you would, you know, you, you were in your town, 
You probably went to school with the same sort of people. You lived around the same sort of people. You were all, you know, around. I mean, there were some rich people and some poor people, but you were all around the same sort of kind of economic area or at least had the same opportunities economically. I mean, there's, yeah, there's the rich kid and fuck that guy. And yeah, you know, oh man, he ran away from home. And But overall, you were not reminded on a daily basis how different your economic situation is than the people ahead of you. Um, and yet now with social media, there is a constant and, and, and just media in general, there is this constant reminder of what you don't have. Um, which is, of course, this is how you stoke the fire to heat the boiler of capitalism. You get people to want more, so they buy more. And they buy more, and then they, you know, they're in debt more. There's a a lot of hugely beneficial things, if you happen to be one of the people getting rich off the top of all this, uh, to this kind of mentality. You want to keep keep people um, a little bit dumb, a little bit afraid, and a lot greedy. You do those things... Uh, and you're going to do fine. That's how, that's how your capitalism is going to work because people are going to be a little bit afraid. So they're going to, uh, buy things and spend money on things and, and, uh, indulge in things that make them feel comforted or give them, give them power, um, give them the ability to feel, um, kind of in control. Uh, and then you're also going to give them this constant competition, uh, whether it's real or not, so that they're going to feel the need to compete to get the things that other people have, which in it, in and of itself gives them some security. And I think that if you are the kind of person who makes money off that, um, this is a great time. This is, this is just absolutely fucking wonderful time, especially the more afraid people are, you know, now people are in their homes. Now you don't even have to own stores to sell your shit. You don't even have to do that anymore. I mean, we can go on and on ad nauseum about how the billionaire class has increased their wealth exponentially since the beginning of this pandemic. But, uh, you know, wars make people money, depending on whatever it is. Fear makes people money. Um, you know, uh, challenging times are not very challenging for some. Um, you know, I mean, the entire nation of the United States of America pretty much exists uh, in its... the the in in the way it does financially and, and everything in its position in the world because of the economic shocks of the world wars and and what came after uh you know i mean this is a country that after world war ii had three quarters of the world's wealth it, it was you know that's so much more wealthy and now about a quarter of the world's wealth which is if you look at you know that's a huge loss in in 80 years but whatever what I'm saying is that there, there, is, there is great benefit in chaos. There's great benefit in strife. It's great benefit in that if you want to control people in general too. And, and one of the things that, you know, people find comfort in is they want to believe that, that there is something behind this. I actually do a bit in my act about this. They want to believe that there is a conspiracy because if they believe that it's not just the way of the world, it is some sort of nefarious doings that have caused them to be in the position they're in or to not have the things they want or whatever, then they have A, something to blame and B, something to fight. If you subscribe to the theory that most things are random, um, you know, like in terms of events, uh, things like the pandemics and things like that, I mean, I'm I'm sure, I'm not saying humans don't help them along, of course they do. But I'm saying if, if you don't subscribe to the theory that someone sat down in a lab and decided to uh, cause 
COVID so that Bill Gates could control old people with microchips. You know what I mean? Like if you don't subscribe to that kind of shit, there can be this feeling of helplessness where you just feel like, well, the world is so incredibly random. I mean, I myself am guilty of, of saying that I have terrible luck. Well, it's not luck. It's just, it's just things. They're just happening. There's no, there's no, there's nothing out there making my life difficult. It's just things. They just happen. I just am very, but luck is the best way to frame it when you're trying to explain it to somebody. I know that there's nothing, it can feel sometimes like, you know, the universe is out to get me, but of course it's not. There's nothing, first of all, I'm not that significant. Even if there was some sort of, you know, mastermind control, I'm not significant enough for that to be something they would, they would do. Why? Uh, unless there's something about me I don't know, which I find unlikely. Um, so I'm not significant enough to have anyone come after me or anyone try to, to for there to be a conspiracy, whether it be human or, you know, spiritual or whatever the hell it is, ethereal. Uh, I don't um, believe for one second that I'm valuable enough for that to uh, be a thing. And second of all, I also don't believe in the concept of that. I don't think that you can say, you know, there is some underlying thing that makes, you know, your life any more difficult than anyone else's, you know, in terms of there being a plan behind. Spooky, I just dropped my phone. Maybe it was a ghost. Uh, knocking my phone out of my head. You know too much. Um, so I think we can we can kind of rule that out. I think thinking people can kind of rule out the idea that there is some sort of supernatural organize, order to things that, you know, makes your life more difficult. Um, and I know that that precludes people who are religious or believe in a god. Um, but then again, like I said, supernatural. I don't believe, I don't think that's a thing. And, and so you have to understand that I'm coming from the point of view of an atheist. And I, have, you know, uh, I, I believe in things that are or can be proved. And, um, and you know, so far, um, no guy with a white beard and reindeer or whatever the fuck God is. Anyway, so um, I don't believe in that. And I, and I don't believe that there is a, a cabal of people who control everything in the world in, a, in an organized way. I don't believe in an Illuminati where everyone gets together and eats Tyrannosaurus Rex eggs omelets and, you know, talks about how they're going to particularly wreck Dave's fucking new Honda Civic and have it hit by a car in the parking lot, even though he's only just finished paying for it. And, and how fucking dare they? Because that's also the week he lost. I don't think for one second that's a thing. Um, I do believe that there are coincidences and things that coincide. And I think that humans love patterns. We really like it. We really like finding patterns. We like uh, exploring patterns. We like to believe that we have discovered some order to something. Or we like to believe that we could perhaps predict where something's going to go by understanding a pattern. It's part of our nature. It's part of who we are. Uh, it's a very important thing. Uh, unfortunately, sometimes it goes at haywire and people want to see the patterns in everything. And like I said, I don't believe that, you know, there overall is an overarching sort of plan for the world that is orchestrated by a group of people or by a god or whatever that decides to make, you know, this thing good or this thing bad. Or, I don't think that exists. And so that is scary because then you have to accept the fact that things are random. They just happen. Um, things are either a, they're, uh, uh, they're consequences of actions and choices or they're random occurrences. 
And, and if you believe that they're random occurrences, that's terrifying because that means that you have no way of predicting it. There is no pattern. And if you believe that things, uh, consequences of choices, that's even more terrifying because that means you are probably responsible for some of the things that have gone wrong or humans are responsible for the things that have gone wrong and humans uh, are not mythical. They're, they're basically what you're doing is accepting the fact that if someone is powerful enough to manipulate and control things, uh, that human is that much more powerful than you. It's not a group, it's an individual and, and that's terrifying. I'm not saying that there aren't groups of people who are doing things that are, you know, you could just look at political parties. The GOP is a good example, you know, working together to cast doubt on U.S. election results and things like that. that that's, yeah, that's obviously organized um, action that is negative. But in sense of there being some sort of, you know, plan to some greater plan that eventually leads to us being plugged into batteries like the Matrix, I don't think we can really go there. And one of the reasons why that's scary is because that makes you believe that if there's A, uh, randomness, and B, um, consequences, this means that the things that have happened cannot change because they are in the past. And the randomness means that you cannot predict what will become. You can only uh, control what you do. And that is very scary to people to be made to realize how small they are. There is a need to believe that you are exceptional. We're raised to be told, most of us are told, we're exceptional, we're better. Uh, you know, humility is not something that is pumped into us for good reason. It's survival instinct. Uh, you know, you need to be confident. You need to be... So the people who have often irrational confidence are the people who believe in things often like, uh, you know, conspiracy theories. But they are overtly confident. I don't... I believe a lot of them are actually terrified. I believe a lot of them are really scared about the world. They don't know what to do. They don't know why it is the way it is. They don't know how to control anything. They don't know... Um, how to deal with the fact that they don't know how to control anything. They can't connect with their feelings. They can't express themselves. And so they hide further and further. Uh, further? They hide further and further. Uh, further? I said it again. Further and further under a pile of confirmation bias, under, uh, uh, under connections to like-minded people, which will reassure them. They look for any possible explanation. Uh no matter how insane it is, they want that Murphy's Law. They want, uh, well, you could eliminate everything else and this has got to be it. It has to be a, uh, a trafficking ring under a pizza place controlled by Bill Gates and George Soros' money so that they can uh, have Palestine, Palestine destroy the Jewish state. That's got to be what it is. So the, the more you go into that, and, and you really don't have to look very far to see uh, the mental backflips people go through to try and justify their beliefs or try and reassure themselves um, that what they think is correct, that their theory, quote unquote, their... And I love how it's like, like, you can't just say something, you can't just make something up and then say that's the thing. I mean, there's this, uh, I don't know whether it's true, but I read this, that the, the flat earth thing was started completely as a joke and it turned into this. The flat earth thing is a great example of uh, there's absolutely no proof the Earth is flat. And don't send me a letter. And try, it's not. The Earth is fucking round. It's round. There's about a million reasons why it's round. Um, I mean, you enjoy gravity, right? Like, you know, there's just a bunch of shit. I don't want to have to explain 
you shouldn't have to explain this. You should cut a point at which you're just like, ah, fuck off and just roll your eyes. Like, I mean, I'm not going to entertain conversations. It's like I don't entertain conversations with, uh, with people who say COVID isn't real or I, I'm not doing that anymore because simply by having the dialogue gives them some sort of purchase to continue on with. Well, I got your attention. No, you didn't. You're a fucking idiot. We're done here. Um, and so, but if you look at the flat earth thing, the flat earth thing, I mean, I really don't know how many people actually believe it or do they believe it because they know they're being lied to because they are being lied to. People are being lied to. You cannot lie to a generation, generations, and, and steep them in fear and grow them in a place of ignorance and lack of information and then drop one day drop on them all of mankind's humankind's collected uh knowledge and have them sift through it looking because if you look hard enough you'll it's like getting an mri you can go in and there'll be absolutely nothing wrong with you get an mri they'll find something because sometimes you don't need to know you know because it's not something that's actually going to be a problem but now you know about it now you got to get this and then that starts the domino effect I'm not advocating not going to the doctor. If there's something wrong with your girl, um, he says with his tendonitis and his Achilles. Oh god damn! I say that on Twitter. I'm like, my Achilles tendon hurts so fucking much that like, I I if I bump it, I am like ready to just give away all the terrorist secrets. And I don't have any, but like I'm just ready to give them away. Like I'm just like I'll tell you where everything is. Tell you where the missile bases are. Fuck it hurts. Anyway, moving on. Um, you cannot you know, have a generation in a Petri dish of this kind of, or generations in a Petri dish of this kind of, you know, uh, fear and weird arrogance and disconnection and social isolation. We're starting to see the long-term effects now of things like social media and how it is this weird indulgence for your brain. The, the internet gives you everything you've ever wanted. Um, you can have access to whatever thing you want. And because of that, we have overindulged. It's like I used this analogy before. It's like a kid, the first time they go drinking, they just, if they're not careful, they just overdo it and then they make themselves sick. And, um, but you can't blame the alcohol, right? In this situation, you can't blame the internet. You have to, and that's again, take responsibility for our actions, which is a scary thought. I believe that in... If we stay on the path we're on, uh, this will come to a head sooner rather than later. And I think it is in a way with if you look at the rise of someone like Trump. But even since Trump has been in office, social media has changed so drastically. I mean, this is a person who uses Twitter to communicate. He communicates on the same level it used to be when a leader would communicate with people. It was done through the media that we could not control. You can't just get on the news and be like, hey, Dave, you want to go for sandwiches? You can't do that. But now there's this world leader communicating with you, the, arguably the most powerful leader in the world, communicating with you on a platform you also are on, giving you the belief that you have some sort of peerage, that you are connected. Peerage is not the right word, but that you are somehow a peer and connected to this person and that your opinion matters. That's the danger of having, I mean, I believe that, you know, I don't believe in a class system, but I do believe that accomplishment should still be acknowledged as a position of hierarchy. So if I go to a doctor uh, and I say, doc, my ankle hurts. And he goes, you know, you have Achilles tendonitis. And I go, nah, don't think so. Well, what the fuck was the point of going to the doctor anyway? I went to the doctor because I know that he or she went and got their degree. They know more than me. And so I'm asking them. 
And even if I don't think they know more than me, they know more than me about this specific thing because I don't see 100 patients a day. You know what I mean? Why do you take your car to a mechanic? If you don't believe scientists, why do you take aspirin? Why do you take, you know what I mean? You can't just choose what you want to believe. You cannot cherry pick when science is believable to you or when experts are believable to you. You, you can't just do that. Question everything is a great slogan. And I do believe it. Um, but stay in your fucking sandbox to a degree. Like, question everything. If someone says to you, hey, take this vaccine, go, okay, um, wh- uh, well, what are the tests? Like, ha- ha- has it passed trials? And they go, yeah. And they go, well, do we have some sort of governing body? Yeah, you elected the people. You made the choice to elect the people that then, you know, put in position the people that made the choice to allow this vaccine. So you were involved in that process. It is your decision to have these people, this vaccine be approved. But if you say shit like what's in it, and they go, well, these are the chemicals in it. And you go, oh, I, don't, I don't know what those chemicals are, so I'm not putting it in my body. Okay, sure. Um, but there's a bunch of shit you ingest every day that you don't know what it is. There's a bunch of shit you use every day. You have no clue how it works. And yet that's acceptable because you're not making this weird stand where it's about you. And that's what it is. You know, there's this weird connection where people are crying for individualism, uh, ironically, often in a group of people who are crying for the same individualism in the same way. But there's this want to believe you're special and there's this want to believe that you know more and this want to believe that you're awake, more woke, I know more, I'm, I'm seeing stuff, you're sheep. The idea of, of pointing at other people and calling them sheep is hilarious to me because we all do things, because we all live in this society. If you lived on a mountainside somewhere and you have no social media, no nothing, and you're out there, and, you, and then you want to call other people sheep for taking part in society, I okay, I get that. You're not taking part in society. But if you're tweeting while you're on the bus on your way to your fucking customer service job about how we're all sheep, go fuck yourself. We're all in this together, all right? Don't think you're better than anybody else. Yeah, some people are more educated than others. Some people are more intelligent than others. Exactly. But we're all playing the same game here, right? So what we need to do is respect the people who have learned things that we don't know. I know a lot of things. I don't know nearly enough things. And I definitely don't know nearly enough things when it comes to specific needs. Like, I don't know um, exactly what to do to make my ankle better. I'm pretty sure I do. I rest it. I keep it elevated. You know, ice, all the other stuff. Give it time. I, I've got a rough idea, and I'm sure that if I went to a doctor, they would probably say the same thing. But if a doctor said it, I would know it was right, or I would be very sure that it was right. Because a doctor has seen this. How many times she had someone in her office with a fucked up Achilles tendon? Ten times this week? How many times have I dealt with an Achilles tendon that's fucked up? Once this year? Once before? You see what I mean? I, I just respect the experience, and I respect the education and the knowledge. Because I think we should. Maybe that's part of what it is. Maybe it's a lack of fundamental respect for others. And it's because of that need to feel superior. Maybe it's the same reason people, you know, enjoy the shout of uh, you know, th- th- trash magazines where this celebrity has bulimia and marriage fell apart. There's something about feeling more elevated or better about yourself. I mean, you know... We've all had that moment where someone we don't like, 
or something, you know, someone who we're not a fan of or has failed and we can kind of snicker to ourselves, haha, it takes you down a peg. Um, and that's about making yourself feel better because it's not about them coming down a peg. It's about you going up a peg in your own summation. Well, you know, I mean, it's like, it's like I suck, but I, you know, at least I didn't suck on national TV. Yeah, you didn't get on national TV, though. You see what I mean? The internet's really bad for that, too. It indulges that behavior. I think there is a, a need for real uh, assertion of individualism uh, if we're going to undo this. I think we need to understand how to be individuals and be in a group. How to be separate but together. Different but the same. You know what I mean? And I think one of the symptoms of this not working that way is things like conspiracy theories and things like, because I think people want to, they, they want to be different. They want to be woke. They want to think, but they also want the comfort and the assuredness of being with a group of other people who believe the same thing. They need to be on a team because that's another thing we have to do. Human beings need other human beings to do. That's why solitary is a, is a, is a punishment. I think we've talked about this before. That's just my thinking. I'm just thinking that that's kind of why we're seeing this. This is not a new thing, and it's it's not going to go away. And that's why the new normal, it won't all of a sudden, or the normal, we won't go back to... I think the biggest plague we're dealing with is things like social media. And I think that we're going to see... I'm not saying that you shouldn't be on it, but I'm saying the way we connect to it is is a problem. And I think nothing is going to change fundamentally in society until we get that under control, at least Western society. It's almost as though we need it taken away from us so we'll learn to be good again. If you don't believe me, just go post anything on the internet and just wait for people to tell you what they think or what they think they know. It is remarkable. Uh, Hope you're well. Hope you're taking care of yourself. Uh, This is going to... I'm not doing any more shows, I don't think, until... I mean, I got a couple of Zoom shows, but I'm not doing anything until the um, the New Year now. Uh, everything here is kind of shut down until January 8th. Anyway, uh, take care of yourselves. Don't get the fucking plague. I know a few people with it, and it doesn't seem like fun. Uh, although your odds are still real good, you're going to make it. So if you get it, it's not a death sentence. Just don't get it, you know? Uh, well, it might be for some people, but, you know, it, it, you're, it's unlikely. There's a 99% chance it's not a death sentence. So don't panic if you get it. Just, you know, but try not to get it, all right? If you want to send me a letter, please do uh, www.skpodcast at gmail.com. Last uh, week's episode got a lot of positive feedback. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed it. I I didn't realize it was uh, going to be such a good one, uh, at least a you know satisfying one for me until I did it, and um, I'm glad I did. Uh, this one's not going to live up to that, but you know what? Sophomore albums are tough. Um, but I hope it, you know, like I said, sometimes you just got to ask questions. I don't always have answers, guys. I don't have any answers. If I had all the answers, that would negate the point of the thing I just... Uh, anyway, that's what's wrong this week. 